or give the quarterback a gun. You're telling me that Brett Hundley wouldn't be an elite passer if he has a gun in his hand? Welcome back to the Balls, Buckets, and Bowl podcast. I'm your host, Joey Morales. Joining us, Dr. Dump himself, Derek Neeson. How are you feeling? Dude, just moved to my new place. The apartment uh, air conditioning is not working right now, so we're doing it live, man. Just burning my ass off. Gross. All right, Ryan, how are you feeling? Always good. You know me. All right, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. It's been a fun sports week and a great sports weekend. All kinds of good stuff. NFL, NBA stories, but... First, have you guys ever gone to like a party and you get there and you quickly realize, oh man, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be here. Maybe your friend invites you, says, oh, hey, a friend of a friend of mine has a party. We should really go. And you get there and there's like a car in the pool. There's some heroin on the table or something. Two guys are about to fight with some knives. That's what happened to Notre Dame this weekend. They got to Miami, turned around, and they were down by two touchdowns quick. And they realized... They shouldn't be there. Oh my gosh, they got they got totally destroyed. I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, I have to I have to give props. I, no one no one gave Miami any credit, uh, and they totally smoked those guys. I mean, you know, everybody's saying, "Oh, Notre Dame's always overrated every year," and like this year, actually, I was thinking, like, "Wow, they're actually legit." And then they come in and just absolutely get smoked. That game was over within like the first quarter. I, I switched the game after that to the I believe the. Uh, Bama game so yeah just crazy yeah I mean it was uh it was a total beatdown. I I always thought this Notre Dame team was kind of overrated to begin with um I actually don't like the fact that they're still an independent like non-conference team and yet they're obviously just so hyped every year um I think Miami just really showed that they're a powerhouse and they're definitely going to go to the playoffs this year um I'm kind of surprised that they're doing it this year instead of last year whenever they had a little more seniors on the team. They had Brad Kaya, who was a little more polished of a of a, a QB. But you know, I'm I, I love football is good whenever the U is good. So you know, that is true. But man, you could tell Notre Dame was not meant to play well that night. They they were going going for it on fourth down at their own thirty four yard line in the first half. I mean, it, it, they were only down seventeen nothing. Football is football. Crazy stuff happens. It's a long game. And to be going for it on fourth down, only down 17 nothing, is just showed, goes to show how shocked they were to be in the situation they were. Had four turnovers and ultimately lost 41-8. to eight. Speaking of another high-ranked team, Georgia falls to Auburn 17-40. to 40. Did you guys think that two top five teams would, be, would fall this weekend? Well, shaking up the college playoffs. I mean, yeah, this kind of turned uh, the playoff discussion into a little more interesting. I mean, I think Georgia was due for kind of a stale game, but I mean, geez, you have to think like Auburn could come out swinging, especially against Alabama um, in two weeks. I mean, I could definitely see after that performance, uh, Bama could lose that. I mean, Auburn was looking pretty scary. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I, I, again, with Notre Dame, I always thought this Georgia team was uh, just expected for a loss. I thought Penn State and Ohio State, the ones that were like really in the conversation all year, were better teams. Then you obviously you have Alabama. I don't think that a team led by a guy named Nick Chubb should ever be ranked number one in the nation. And uh, I'm really just happy that they got knocked out of that spot. 
Oh, Chubbs. So, the, so speaking of playoffs, current top 10 right now, Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Miami jumps up to 3, Oklahoma 4, Wisconsin 5, Auburn 6. Now, that's the one that's interesting because Auburn is the first team up there with two losses at number 6. Georgia f- fell all the way down to 7, Notre Dame at 8, Ohio State 9, Penn State 10. So this begs the question, do you guys think there will be a two-loss team in the playoff uh, so for me, the only two uh, lost teams that could have a chance of making this playoff would be uh, Ohio State, believe it or not, or uh, Auburn. So a couple scenarios I was thinking about in my head was, let's assume Bama wins out and Ohio State wins out. Then you'd have maybe Ohio State at four, depending if Miami gets crushed by Clemson. I could definitely see that happening. It seems like the committee has shown time and time again that top 25 wins are more important than maybe a bad loss. And that would make Ohio State have two top five wins and four top 25 wins. So I could see that happening. But let's say Bama loses to Auburn. Then I don't even know what happens. And what if OU loses? I mean, I think absolute hell could break loose if that either of those happens. Well, Oklahoma still has West Virginia and the Big 12 championship, so it's likely TCU again. And it's tough to beat teams twice uh, that are good. So it's definitely possible, like you're saying. Ryan, do you think a two-loss team makes it in the playoff? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Ohio State, like Derek. Um, I really want Penn State. I have a lot of new Penn State friends up here since I moved to Philly. But they just lost the head-to-head against Ohio State, so that's probably not going to happen. I think out of the Big Ten, that's probably their best shot. Um, and then I think Oklahoma, if they can, if they can beat West Virginia, West Virginia has been pretty bad down the stretch. I, I think they're losing some steam. Um, but if they can beat them and then beat TCU probably in the big 12 championship, I think they have a good bid at the number four spot. I don't really know who they're going to knock out, but I will say that, um, out of all the teams, the one that I think goes overlooked is Wisconsin. I mean, they're still unbeaten. They're the only unbeaten team. I know their their strength of schedule isn't that great, but this reminds me of that like uh like uh like Boise State team whenever they had Jay Ajahi and they were nearly undefeated. They were like eight and one or something and like nobody was looking at them for major bowl or like anything like that just because their strength of schedule was so bad. I yeah, uh, that's true. I mean they're sitting at five now and they're one of the only undefeated teams short of Alabama and but you're right. Their their strength of schedule has been weak. You know, I would it's it sucks that I, but I have to agree with you. Also, there's no uh, fighting here going on in the podcast. But I would agree with Ohio State. But here's my reasoning: two teams above them. If if Alabama wins out, Georgia's going to get a second loss. They're going to go behind them. Auburn's going to get a third loss and go behind them. So that means they only have to beat out one of or three of Miami, Oklahoma, Clemson, Wisconsin, and Notre Dame. And Frankly, I just think they can. I mean, like we were saying, Oklahoma could easily lose to TCU, and with the Big Twelve as weak as it is, uh, that's just a two-loss team is just not going to do it from the from uh, the Big Twelve. Um, or Clemson could get another loss, and you know you could argue that Ohio State has some uh, better wins uh, in their division than Clemson does. But I would have to agree from right now that Ohio State probably has the best chance to be eight and two or a two loss team going into the playoffs so well there's a, there's a couple of th- there's a couple of interesting things too on top of this is i mean wisconsin you know this is one of the best teams they've ever had if not best team they've ever had if they happen to beat ohio state then you have to put them in obviously they're, if they're undefeated but also what's interesting is you know big 12 was getting so much shit for so long that we didn't have a championship game and actually the first time we actually implement it it might be to their own doom you know if, if ou loses to tcu um 
then you know maybe no Big 12 team makes it just because we added that championship game. So I just think that's kind of ironic. Yeah, after exactly what you're saying, yeah, after you know, it kind of looked like we needed one compared to all the divisions. So we're going to do a segment. It's a new one, and it's called hashtag fake news or hashtag not fake news. I'm going to toss up a story or a thought rather, and Derek and Ryan will tell me if they think it's real or if it's fake and why. So there should be a lot of fun. So to start off, Derek, do you think it's fake news or not fake news that John Gruden's going to Tennessee next year? All right. This is absolutely not fake news. And I'll give you a lot of great points. And I think this is for real. So first off, Gruden's son is in a fraternity at the University of Tennessee right now. His other son is training to be a student trainer on that team. Uh, his wife went to Tennessee. That's where he met her. Uh, ESPN has already expressed that they will likely not have enough money for Monday Night Football going forward. Maybe they've already talked to Gruden about, you know, lowering his salary of a fat seven mil, you know, um, and SEC coaches can easily make that kind of salary. I mean, granted, you're going to be recruiting. It's a lot more work. But I mean, let's think about this here. Uh, maybe he could be the one of four coaches to win an NFL and an NCAA and be an absolute legend. Uh, you know, and there's also rumblings that John Curry, the AD for Tennessee and all the boosters for the university have already flown to Tampa and given them quote the pitch. So, you know, and, and also uh, Groom was on a Seattle radio spot. I just saw this on Twitter a couple hours ago. He actually mentions Tennessee and the question wasn't even about Tennessee. So this is absolutely legitimate here and it would be absolutely crazy. I almost wish Texas could pick up Gruden at this point, man. That'd be so awesome. Uh, I'm going to have to go fake news here. Um, I, I, if you look at his coaching history, besides his kids, he was, he started his career at Tennessee, but I think it was as like a graduate assistant position. I don't even know what that is. And then he moved off to like a Southwestern Missouri to become a passing coordinator. And then eventually like in the end led the bucks to a super bowl. But I mean, I don't think there's enough connection there besides his kids. I mean, I don't think that's going to give him the job. I read an interview with him saying that the, like, the game between college and the NFL is just so different and that he actually took the college coaching position. He'd probably get suspended or fined or something real quick. He, he would just wouldn't be able to get used to it. All right, next topic up. Ryan, do you think it's fake news or not fake news that Chip Kelly is going to Florida? Oh, man, this guy just rears his ugly head. Can Chip Kelly just not go away for once? I'm tired of hearing about him. But I will say that Florida, especially after a down year, they typically spend a lot of time fetishizing offensive-minded head coaches. So we got like Steve Spurrier, Urban Myers, all just great examples of guys that just let it fly. And that's exactly what Chip Kelly is. Um, My only thing is uh, the Chip Kelly name is kind of tarnished right now. Uh, ever since he left the NFL, I mean, there was all those uh, accusations about how like players didn't like him. He didn't get along with it. It was either his way or the highway. And I don't, I don't know if a Florida program that's on a down year needs that right now. And uh, yeah, fake news definitely. So for me, Derek. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this is not fake news as well. So here's the thing: here, Florida's a great university. It's a great program with talent all over the place. It's got great university support and great facilities. Um, you know, Florida's all about just like scoring a lot. You know, that's what they're all all about. That's all the fans want. They'd rather just go nine and three to score a shitload, and that's what Chip Kelly does. Now, what the university is going to do. Um, they have to make sure his recruiting record back at Oregon uh, is a clean slate because he was getting some allegations of some, uh, you know, not great recruiting practices. Once they clear that up, I think we'd be good to go. And also, 
Um, let's think about this here. Uh, coaching in the SEC is like football is like a religion down here in the South. Okay, like you got more fervent fans. While in the Pac-12, man, you know you, he just got some wins, and the fans aren't like that crazy. So this could be a nice challenge for him. I know he's like really wants to go back to the NFL, but you know th- this could be good for him. I th- and honestly, I've seen some rumblings that this might already be confirmed by uh, the beginning of next week. They could definitely use a better offense, that's for sure. And finally, last topic: Ben McAdoo is he going to be fired this season? or next season, or at all. Derek, so, so I news. think, here's the thing, man. Like, I, I, I'm i going to say fake news, but I wish it wasn't fake news. Because first off, the only reason I say fake news is because the Giants' upper management has already shown support for him, despite the players essentially giving up on him. Uh, and they don't have any respect for him. I mean, even players are quoting saying he's only out for himself, and things like that. So, I mean, I'm going to say fake news because I think the Giants are going to keep him around. I don't know why. It should be not fake news. That guy should absolutely be fired. The Giants, what a underachieving team this year. Uh, I'm actually going to say not fake news. Um, I think the players, they definitely don't have his support. They're 1-8, and eight and they just lost to the no-win 49ers. There's not a whole lot of reason to keep Ben McAdoo around. Besides that one good season he's had, the rest of it has just been kind of a waste of time. And um, with the high draft pick that they're going to get, I think they should probably try to reboot and get a new quarterback, replace Eli, let him mature maybe like one or two years on the bench, and then really go for it. But in order to do that, you're going to have to get new blood in there. And if they keep McAdoo around and they just keep uh, Eli or just kind of keep towing the status quo, uh, that's not going to be good for the Giants. I think they should get rid of them, and I think they will. All right, so that does it for our first ever segment of hashtag fake news or hashtag not fake news. So speaking of the NFL, have you guys ever gone to take a test and known you're going to vomit maybe you drank too much maybe too much too much dollar beers maybe too much of those domestics maybe too much uh extracurriculars maybe you just didn't study or maybe you were missing three of your top eight players of course i'm speaking about the cowboys they lose 27 to 7 to the falcons granted they were out with they were without tyron smith zeke and without Sean Lee for a large portion of that game. Tyron Smith's replacement, Chaz Green, gave up six sacks, and Dak was sacked eight times in total. You know, I said this in the beginning of the season. Without Zeke, the Cowboys can survive, kinda. But without Tyron Smith, and especially Sean Lee, this team is entirely different. Now they're sitting at 5-4, and 10th in the NFC, two games back of a wildcard spot because of tiebreakers. I think the playoff hopes are slipping away. Now faced with a game at home against the Eagles, and again without Zeke, and probably without Sean Lee, and probably without Tyron Smith, Jason Garrett's got to find ways to hide his weaker players because Chaz Green is not going to do it. And honestly, you're kind of risking Dak with the way he was playing. So what do you guys think? Are the Cowboys in trouble? Do they make the playoffs? Man, Joey, I hate to break your heart here, but the Cowboys are absolutely out of the playoffs at this point. I just don't see it happening. I mean, the NFC is some of the strongest. It's the strongest NFC I've seen in a very long time. We've got 10 of the teams that have a winning record. And honestly, outside of the Falcons and the Lions, and the Falcons just beat the Cowboys, but just based on the whole resume of the year, those are the only two teams that have looked weaker than the Cowboys so far. Um, Geez, you got Zeke coming back Christmas Eve. Now he's accepted the six-game suspension. Uh, and I mean, look, look at the Packers that are tied with you guys right now. Aaron Rodgers could be back as 
in as little as four games. So if Brett Hundley can somehow manage to go three and one against the Ravens, Steelers, Bucks, and Browns, which I mean, those three of those four games should be easily winnable. Uh, they could actually make the playoffs. I, I mean, all, a lot of these teams are good, man. And the Cowboys miss, missing their big players, Zeke out. Uh, just don't see it happening, man. Yeah, um, I think the biggest telltale sign that you guys are not going to make the playoffs this year, Zeke did not challenge the latest uh, suspension. I think this is a big sign. I think he said, hey, look, the Cowboys aren't going to win it this year. Best to serve my suspension in a non-winning season and a season that I'm not necessarily going to be needed. Um, I think it's going to be nice that just to have some time to try to hone in and focus on how to like improve the team and make it better for next year. But the season's pretty much over for you guys right now. Yeah, it's going to be very tough for them to even win a wildcard spot. The division is clearly out of reach at this point. I just don't see how they can possibly win two games. They're, they're, they're going to have to sweep both games against the Eagles to even have a sniff at it, and I just don't see that happening. So, All right, let's switch over to basketball. LeBron has been on one lately. First of all, he takes shot at the Knicks organization, specifically Phil Jackson, for not taking Dennis Smith Jr., gets in a scuffle with Enos Cantor in the game after they came all the way back and won. Then he goes and takes shots at Kyrie, quoted as saying, it's been a while since I've had a clear-cut guy who can always get, who can get guys involved, but also score at the same time. What's up with the LeBron right now, Derek? Uh, you know what, dude? A lot of people, uh, a lot of sports uh, analysts have already kind of said this, but I think LeBron is just freaking bored, dude. I think uh, he's just kind of starting some scuffles, trying to create some drama, you know, and just kind of like go through the season, you know, uh, just do his thing. I mean, I think he's made seven straight finals. I think he knows that he could easily get there again once he gets Isaiah back. And I think he's just kind of creating some drama for fun. I, you know, I, I think it's great. I think it's great for the league. Everybody loves a little, you know, conflict. And I have no problem with. It. I think it's great. Yeah, I. Uh, LeBron is like the WWE superstar of the NBA in that he's constantly flipping from good guy to bad guy. And I just think we're right now, he's transitioning back into that kind of almost villain style. He was just such a good guy last year. How could you hate LeBron last year? But now he's kind of getting that little cockier side of him, the more aggressive side, the quote-unquote, I'm king of New York after you played the Knicks. Like, okay. Um, yeah, but I think it's just a storyline. I could definitely see that he's bored. I think, I think he's just trying to... I don't know, make an image for himself or I, I have no clue. I could definitely go with the narrative that he's bored. I mean, look, he's got he's got no one to play, uh, no one to even contend against in the East. I mean, the Celtics, okay, that's great that they're playing. They have like 113 straight, but we know that team's not beating him without Gordon Hayward, not even coming close. The Sixers are still a year or two away from even, even competing with them right now. I think you're right. I think he's maybe he's just bored. He's starting drama. I mean, the, what was so funny is to see that press conference when they were asking, "Did you, was that a shot at Phil Jackson?" He's like, "Yeah, of course it was. Of course it was a shot at Phil." I, I just uh, think. Go ahead. Go ahead. I I and ever since he has Dwayne Wade on the bench now, I think that he just needs to buy like an Xbox and a couple copies of NBA 2K and just like play some video games. He or or get a hobby or something. Just just stop it though. See, I just think he might be a little torqued up, but that might be a whole nother story. All That's right. That's what uh, Pornhub Premium's for. <laughs> All right, that's enough sports talk. Let's get in everyone's favorite stuff, the bullshit. So for this episode's bullshit, instead of uh, having some topic or something, some, something stupid, 
I wanted everyone, I wanted my two co-hosts to bring a story to the table, a fun story to talk about. Ryan, I've heard your story and I think it's awesome and I think it's pretty damn hilarious. So why don't you go ahead and tell us your famous sports story? Okay, yeah. So the year is 2000 and uh, the Mets and the Yankees are playing in the World Series together. Uh, it's the Subway Series, hasn't happened in a while. Um, this is the I st- I'm still living in New-, New Jersey at the time, maybe like 15 minutes outside of the city. The only time that I can really see every single possible World Series game in a World Series. And my dad was one of the biggest Mets fan ever. He loved the Mets. We he watched them since '86. I used to watch them on VHS all the time, and um, like he was in love with the Mets. And uh, he really wanted to spoil us, so he got us box seats. But the only stipulation was that they were very expensive. I think at the time they ran about like three to four thousand dollars each. And the only way to get that money for every single game, all five games of the World Series, was to put a second mortgage on the house without telling my mom. Um, we <laughs> we go to the first game. Um, it was a blast. I remember every single second of it. Uh, the Mets looked good, even though we got blown out four to one overall in the series we come home and my mom has her badges packed there is a note on the table saying uh yeah i'm i'm staying with a friend uh i will be sending you divorce papers soon um yeah you do not mortgage my home to buy world series tickets that is awesome ryan i gotta say your dad your dad sounds like a i love how you say the only stipulation for getting World Series tickets that they cost a lot. I feel like that's not a stipulation. I feel like that's kind of like a, you should know that's coming with it. That That's a good point. I mean, uh, what did Kemp's dad pay for three tickets? Like 37000 or something? It was insane. Ridiculous. Those, those, yeah, anytime you get World, Se- or World Series or any championship tickets, I mean, it's I always just love seeing how much those courtside or like 50-yard line front row seats are just because it's a gross amount of money. Derek? Time for your study, your story, buddy boy. All right, man. This is one of my favorite ones. Uh, so did you notice when the Pittsburgh Penguins won the Stanley Cup this year, you might have noticed kind of a weird shimmer at the top of the cup. You might notice there's a dent in that cup. And you're wondering, well, where did that come from? Well, there's a, oh, lot, no. of, there's oh, a no. lot of theories out there. Uh, and my personal favorite and the fan favorite, probably the most believed one, it happened in 1999. The Dallas Stars won the cup. And they went over to Vinnie Paul, drummer of legendary metal band Pantera. They went to his crib in Arlington, Texas. That's where that band's from. Where legendary uh, guitarist Dimebag Daryl, his brother, also lives. So uh, just for the record, Pantera is uh, a really popular band for the stars in general. Their their uh, like fight song is a song that Pantera wrote back in the day. So anyways, they're partying at their house. And rumor has it is that Guy Carboneau of the stars threw it off the balcony of Pantera drummers, Vinnie Paul's <laughs> house. Like I said, again, how badass is that? And it hit the lip of the pool and fell in the pool. Now, when they asked all the star players that were there, I think there were about five. They all just say, man, I don't remember shit. And <laughs> I mean, I, I would Vinnie say Paul, that too. Uh, he was like, well, I think Carbonell threw it off and hit the lip of the pool. So he confirmed the story. I mean, Pantera is known for drinking a ton of whiskey and stuff like that. I bet the party was crazy lit. But yeah, dent in the cup since arguably 1999 because of a, one of my favorite metal bands of all time. Uh, probably the only good thing to come out of the Dallas area ever. But uh, yeah, great story regardless. All this talk of metal and hockey's probably got Joe hard somewhere. All right, time for my story. 
I couldn't really think of anything, so I'm just going to go with current news. And it's pretty easy layup bullshit topic. And it's about the UCLA men's team, who unbelievably decided it would be a great idea to steal while they're in China for a game versus Georgia Tech. Now, it you know, if you were going to steal in a foreign country, I would think you would want to steal from a shop that doesn't have security cameras, a shop that isn't, you know, world renowned. So LiAngelo Ball, Cody Riley, and Jalen Hill all decided to steal sunglasses from Louis Vuitton and were immediately, virtually immediately caught by Chinese police and were pretty much going to go to prison for about 10 years had our government not stepped up. But what a buffoon. I mean, the big baller brand right now has got to be just at an all-time low. You're, Leah, Lonzo Ball's looking like he might be a bust. You got Leangelo Ball, who's was nearly arrested for 10 years and would not see daylight looking like Batman or something. Uh, and then you got the, the youngest one who's like driving a Maserati and he's not even in school anymore. So this is just going full circle. The big baller brand got peaked and now it's fallen back down to earth. The 15 minutes of fame is officially over. Well, I mean, just talk about some friggin' idiots. You know, it doesn't take, uh, you know, rocket scientists to know that uh, don't go to a foreign country and steal shit. All right. Like, come on. Uh, these, these, these guys, I mean, honestly, if, if there's any punishment less than kicking these guys out, out of the university, then I'm really just going to question it. Because, I mean, this has just been a bunch of bad press. And what kind of precedent has this said for uh, UCLA in general in that program? I mean, there's you got to, you know, have some kind of authority and just, you know, make the kids follow the rules. I mean, this is just absolutely ridiculous. Now, one point I want to make about this real quick is Trump was on that uh, Asian tour and conveniently they got arrested right when he was over there. So he talked to Xi Jinping, president of China, and they worked together to get those guys released and go back to the States. Well, guess what? No one in the media talked about it. No one at all. Can you imagine if President Obama did something very similar? Oh my God, he'd be regarded as a hero. There'd be a parade down the street. Okay. All they do is talk about Trump's tweets regarding the issue. They don't talk about him actually making that happen. So I just, I, I find that hilarious. You know, I have to say that the, the players themselves did thank Trump, which is a good move on their part. But I mean, it's just crazy, man. I know Trump's not a likable guy, but I mean, at least give credit where credit's due. Hey, the one time it was actually not fake news. Um, I mean, uh, UCLA indefinitely suspended all of them. I think it's probably only going to last a year. It's probably good for Leangelo to have a redshirt year anyways. I'm not actually convinced that he's good enough to be a starter as it is right now. Um, I will say for the big baller brand, though, uh, they have introduced a new member. It's uh, Lil Dicky Ball. Um, so Lil Dicky is uh, jokingly joining the big baller brand. So maybe they have a glimmer of hope. I still hold out hope that the BBB podcast will be a bigger brand than the BBB brand itself. But that's just me. That's a, so, that was a subtle plug. I like that. Yeah, the little self plug. But so far, we got La Dropout. Now we got La Klepto. What do you guys think Lonzo will be? La Bust? Well, I don't know. After that abysmal one for nine with two points the other night, I mean, I just don't know, man. Yeah, it's just he's not shooting, he's shooting terrible. All right, guys. Anything before we get out of here? Ran pretty, uh, pretty quick on time. Got, uh, got, got. Definitely got some time for some extra bullshit. If you got it. 
No, dude, I got one thing I need to talk about, and it's not bullshit. It's talking about recent news coming out about the NFL. I'm going to make this quick. But there's a report saying that NFL has lost up to $500 million on the ratings decline, and that's split between the four main networks. And I think this is because of a few reasons. I think, uh, one, it's just bad football in general. I think there's, you know, if you don't have a good quarterback, then you just have a, t- a bad team. I mean, how many games is nobody watching right now? Not to mention um, – you move two teams that were pretty large where they came from into LA and you're just not getting the ratings over there right now. You know, it's going to take a while for them to come to those games. So you lose ratings there. I think the protests in general have caused some people to cancel their subscriptions. I mean, not a huge percentage, but that's bringing the ratings down. And also, I mean, one thing um, that's also related to this is, I mean, with the growth of Monday night football, Sunday night football, uh, maybe even Thursday night football, not necessarily, but like the primetime games, you're taking away since there's such bad football. You're you're taking a lot of the good games and putting them on prime time. That means that that noon central kickoff time of all the other games, you're just not getting as many people to tune in because they're just not that interesting games. So I find it pretty fascinating that they're losing uh, this this amount of money and the facts are actually coming through. Um, you know, due to a lot of factors. But you know, NFL's got to figure out a way to you know uh, turn this ship around. No, I blame the quarterbacks, man. I mean, look who's out there like playing these weekends. You got Ryan Fitzpatrick, ugh, Blake Bortles, Case Keenum, who's okay. Then you got Blaine Gabbert, Brett Hundley, Nathan Peterman. Uh, what's the the guy from the Chargers might play too? I mean, the it's just awful out there. The the quarterbacks that are playing right now that are not on the top tier teams. I mean, if you if you unless you're a fan of the Steelers, Patriots, Eagles, Chiefs you know, Seahawks, you know, et cetera, like, you know, the top like 10 teams in the league, you're probably d- done watching your team unless you're a diehard fan just because they've most teams have looked awful and you just don't want to watch your terrible quarterback. But that's the story for another day. All right. Anything else before we get out of here? So yeah, no, I'm good. All right, guys, make sure to give us a five star review on iTunes. Let us know if you like the hashtag fake news or hashtag not fake news segment. We'll probably do that again next time. Follow us on Twitter at the BBB pod and at on iTunes at the BBB podcast for Derek, for Ryan, I'm Joey. See you later, folks.